This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Letterboxd. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Hello and welcome to a Parking Lot special episode of The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com and some motorcycle noises at the Keystone or at the, the Castleton Square uh, parking lot and more podcasts presented by ObsessiveViewer.com at Patreon, uh, fuck, at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcasts. Um... And if you'd like to support what we do here, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash obsessive viewer, uh, where we have a bunch of different reward tiers. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Hurt, uh, the aforementioned Matt Hurt, and with me today is Tiny. Hi. Hi, Tiny. How's it going? It's going good, buddy. Good, good. We are in uh, a motorized vehicle, a like you said, a, uh, a compact SUV, mm-hmm. um, uh, having just watched the new M. Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, titled Old, which mm-hmm. comes out in theaters. Uh, we went to a uh, an early screening. It comes out in theaters Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, I don't know if this is going to be a Patreon-exclusive recording or a full-fledged bonus episode of the podcast on the main feed on Friday. So uh, we'll see. But Tiny, yeah. um, what is new? Do you want to just bullshit a little bit before we get into the review? Uh, we can, sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, like, what's new? I mean... The movie Old is new. Because ah, <laughs> it's cause called Old, but old. it's new. Yeah. 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 Um. No, but this was uh, um, really... It's just really cool they put these on. I guess uh-huh. I don't know that we say that every time. Uh, it's really yeah. nice that they give us access to these like early screenings. Oh, yeah, totally. Just it's uh, And this was one that... So, so we went to Black Widow, and that was just a press-only screening. And right. this one uh, was a like a full-fledged advanced screening where that was open to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting is this is, this is the first time I went to one of those, like a full-fledged opening open to the public screening, I believe, since... Um, yeah, since uh, oh, what was that? Uh, onward, uh, last year. Oh, okay. In March of last year, the famed screening where a baby puked next to me, Ugh. and then the family left without cleaning it. Jeez. Um, Ten minutes into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah. So this was the first time, and I got some serious vibes of our adventure seeing us in theaters at a similar screening. If yeah, you remember. definitely. Um, we will get into this when we talk about it, but the. Um, <laughs> There was one moment where someone lost their shit laughing. Yes. And it was it was act, like I like I feel like maybe I feel like post post vaccine Matt Hurt I feel like maybe I'm turning over a new leaf because that did not disturb my experience at all. It kind of enhanced the moment, it frankly, because it was relatively infectious laughter. It was. Because <laughs> it, was, it was an intense part of the movie, but mm-hmm. like that person cracked up yes. and caused me to like come out of that intensity. Me too. And like it was a kind of intensity I wasn't really comfortable with, which yes. I can explain later. But anyways, mm-hmm. yeah, it was actually like really funny. <laughs> yeah, it really was. It was, that was, that was a very fun moment. And yeah. Honestly, it was it was kind of nice to be in a, a kind of semi-packed theater for a yeah. movie. Um, it was pretty full. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, did you? So you you've seen Mortal Kombat in theaters with mm-hmm. me, and did you? Oh, Black Widow. 
Black Widow. Have you seen any other movies in theaters? No. Oh, wow. Okay. No, that's it. This is the third nice. one. Yeah. By the way, for our uh, diligent listeners, as I, I just disclosed this information to Tiny, but as of tonight, Tiny has now reached number 95 in terms of movies seen in the theater with me, according to Letterboxd, that I've logged on Letterboxd. And the context for that is that Kirsten is at 94. So for the first time, mm. Tiny has pulled ahead. I mean, um, I mean, it's an honor just to be nominated, but it, like to you know, win, oh, I just it's. I'd really like to thank the Academy. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and I I've got to say the race isn't over yet. I'm it's going true. to I'm going to send a uh, a letter to Kirsten, a form letter, just saying that hey, you know, you're on notice. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I got to say, Tiny, that whole that whole. Because I, I, in my head, it's been it's been a race. Like you guys have been racing to number one hundred mm-hmm. um, for for years at this point, and I've got to say that gambit you pulled of of launching this global pandemic so that Kirsten and I could not see movies in theaters anymore. I mean, it was a risky move, Tiny, but yeah. it paid off. It paid off. All you got to yeah. do is just you know gingerly knock over a vial in a lab somewhere mm-hmm. and. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I regret nothing. And it was weird because, like, I you you showed me like uh, a security footage of that, and like you were you were, um, you were in like a a Han Solo um, uh, cosplay, and then you just you just yelled and threw your arms up in the air and said, "Woo, Han!" Um, <laughs> so. God damn it. Uh, I'm so sorry. I hate you. So dumb. <laughs> um, okay. So anyway, <laughs> that was so dumb. That was such a that was such a leap. Um, yeah. So anyway. Um, okay. So yeah. So we just saw old in the theater. M Night Shyamalan's latest movie. This is his first movie since Glass. Is it? I believe so because uh. I don't. Think he has had anything after Glass? Yeah, that um, right. yeah, yeah. Which Glass was one of the movies that I had the very nice um, idea or the very nice joke of um, if I if I went to the theater and saw Glass and only like if only a certain portion of the seats were occupied, I would look at it as Glass half full. <laughs> um, but yes, this is his first movie since Glass in 2019. He has directed four episodes, and he's obviously executive produced and um, maybe written—I don't know—some uh, episodes of Servant on Apple TV Plus. Okay. Um, so yeah, so this is his first uh, theatrical movie since 2019's Glass, and it is rated PG-13. Okay, we were discussing uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, spoiler for the review: it pushes that a little bit, I think. Totally. Um, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so any other new business before we get into the review? No, not that I think. No, I don't think so. Okay. I do want to mention real quick that um, Tiny, you still, obviously, you still have access to the Apple TV Plus um, press stuff Mm -hmm. uh, from our Lacey Story reviews. I want to just kind of softly suggest to you Mm -hmm. that you check out the show Mythic Quest. Okay. Um, it's got Rob McElhenney from It's Always Sunny. Okay. It's run by him, written by him. He's directed four episodes of it. Two seasons. It's about the inner workings of a video game uh, studio that have this massive multiplayer online uh, video game called Mythic Quest. And it's it's kind of a workplace comedy, but it has more charm and sincerity and drama to it. Um, 
it is it is phenomenal. Nice. That sounds good. Yeah. And uh, for Patreon, I am having a season one review post at the $2 level on Saturday. And next Saturday, I will have a season two one. Cool. Um, so, yeah. So, check that out. Uh, Mythic Quest on Apple TV+. Plus. Sweet. And uh, anything real quick you want to pitch uh, as far as watching something? Mm. Kind of a pre-review potpourri. I'm going to keep uh, keep suggesting if you're a Star Wars fan. I know Star Wars. Yeah, well, you know. Star Wars. Yeah, the sand. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If you're a Star Wars fan, check out Clone Wars because it just keeps. I keep oh, nice. enjoying the shit out of that show. So, nice, yeah, it's fun. Awesome. I won't, but okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. They're very good. I didn't mean you. Oh yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I meant you for Mythic Quest. No one listening to this watch Mythic Quest. Just tiny. <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> just kidding. It's actually really good. Sweet. I recommend everyone watching it. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's go into our <laughs> review of old. We're gonna do a non-spoiler, and if it doesn't get too hot in this vehicle, we are gonna do a spoiler section. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so old, directed and written by M Night Shyamalan. By the way, I think I've said this before. We are not going to make the M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong uh, joke, because I think that that is super played out, and it's not a hard name to pronounce. There's Word. vague racism, I think, attached to it yeah, also. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so so anyway, Old is uh, written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. This is actually a written-for-the-screen credit, because it is based on the graphic novel Sandcastle hmm. by Pierre Oscar uh, Levi Yamadama Ding Dong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Uh, uh, Pierre Oscar Levi Levi and Frederick Peters. Hmm. I'm a Ding Dong. <laughs> and <laughs> that is actually pretty accurate. I am a Ding Dong. <laughs> um, so it stars Gail Garcia uh, Ber- oh, crap. Bernal, mm-hmm. uh, Vicky Creeps, Crepes, uh, Rufus Sewell, uh, Alex Wolf, Thomas and McKenzie, uh, Abby Lee, and Ken, Ken Lung, and Eliza Scanlon. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was someone else. Um, yeah. Night Shyamalan. Oh yeah, M Night Shyamalan <laughs> makes his uh, his his thing his his cameo. He's in it. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, and the plot summary, courtesy of IMDb, is this summer visionary filmmaker M Night Shyamalan unveils a chilling, mysterious new thriller about a family on a tropical holiday who discover that the secluded beach where they are relaxing for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives into a single day. So tiny. Before we get into our broad thoughts, how what is your what are your feelings about M Night Shyamalan as a filmmaker at this point in his career and going into old and what were your expectations for the film? I I was a huge fan initially. Um, I think we talked about this in an episode of Patreon with Ben like yeah. a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a fan initially. I think The Sixth Sense. Um, to repeat what I said, there is kind of like an untouchable movie. Like I think it's. Mm-hmm pretty damn near perfect as a movie and he he rode that way for a while and put out some, some other good movies like unbreakable and mm-hmm. i thought signs was good and uh the village was were good movies mm-hmm. um and then i feel like he just kind of went downhill from there and, yeah. and started turning out a couple of couple of duds mm-hmm. um and then he had a bit of a return to form with split which i really liked a lot yeah and glass was fine um so yeah he's he's been really up and down i i think he's i think he's a little at this point, to say he's like visionary, I think is a little overhyped. Yeah, and and I think he's he's think just that, he's so stigmatized now. Yeah, I think that adjective for any filmmaker is really yeah kind of played out anyway. Because like yeah, okay, every director is a visionary because it is right. literally creating a vision of of a story. <laughs> yeah, 
Right, um, right. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I still, um, I'm still interested in his work and, and what he, I still want to see his movies. I don't care if they're going to be bad or good. Yeah. Um, cause even the bad ones are worth talking about, you know, that's, yeah. it, you know, we, we're going to get into that later, but right. you know, the ha- people have talked about the happening a lot and that's mm-hmm. a crap movie. Oh yeah. And it's, it's, it's worthy of discussion because of how bad it is yeah um but not in the way that like the room is a bad movie mm. it's 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 a it's an entirely different thing um yeah. so he, he's just well it's a different thing <laughs> right he's uh he's just such a strange filmmaker and, and has yeah. such a such a weird such weird quirks to him mm-hmm. um but i i'm definitely just always interested in his work and um this movie i didn't i i think i just saw like the quick snippet trailer of it online like a 15 mm-hmm. second trailer and i was like all right i don't really want to see anything else yeah it never did and really i just knew okay it's people ra- aging rapidly on a beach that's all i really right. know and and that was fine I'm, mm-hmm. i I didn't really need to know any more than that but i i wasn't i wasn't expecting this to be like a sixth sense or a sure unbreakable um i'm not sure if he has that in him anymore mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to be surprised and him right. to prove me wrong but i just don't see him cranking out a movie of that caliber but i thought yeah. this could have been you know Maybe a signs or a village or another another mm-hmm. uh, split, possibly. Yeah. But um, <laughs> spoiler alert: he didn't quite get there. <laughs> right, and and my kind of feelings about that is that it going into this movie, I was cautiously optimistic, cautiously excited, specifically because, as I said in that Patreon recording, I am more interested in um, I'm more interested in. M. Night Shyamalan's career trajectory than I am in kind of his entire filmography. Yeah. Um, like you, like we were both huge fans of six, the sixth sense. I loved unbreakable, really loved signs and the village. And then like from there, like lady in the water, I couldn't make heads. I, I mean, I was like 17 when it came out or 18 probably or yeah. 19, one of those numbers. Um, but I don't think I I didn't understand what he was going for with that. I thought it was just really just kind of dumb. And then just from there, his entire career just tanked so hard. He had like he had the happening, which I just kind of hate watched. (laughs) Um, And just yeah, it's as dumb and stupid as anyone thinks it, as everyone thinks. Yeah. But uh, then I think from there he went on to do. Um, After Earth and The Last Airbender, those two were kind of just like, they weren't, from what I understand, they weren't like his movies, really. <laughs> like, they weren't, yeah. he was like, I, I think his ego got in the way of The Last Airbender, because I do remember him reading something where he said something to the effect of like, oh, this is going to be my Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Um, But... Uh, so, and, and then After Earth was just a nothing movie from what I could tell from the zeitgeist. Right. Um, and then he just kind of disappeared and he was sprung out of director jail by Blumhouse Productions with The Visit, which I didn't like. Um, for some, like, and, and it, it is like that movie is emblematic, emblematic of his faults as a storyteller. Um, mm-hmm which carry over into this movie as well. But obviously split was a huge movie for me. I really, really liked that movie and glass was a worthy follow-up to that. And I, I would say that if glass was not, if, if glass was its own standalone movie, it would have been pretty okay. Mm -hmm. Like I would have liked it quite a bit probably, 
But since it had the baggage of being connected to two other movies in his filmography and having that history and that that whole thing, um, because of that, it it kind of was it was a little bit unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so old is an original mo- movie based on a graphic novel. So tiny. Having done the preamble, oh, oh, also I thought that the title, the the uh, promotion, the marketing for Old was interesting. I really liked the concept. I think I said this before somewhere that if that the movie is about a mystical like world, like like a a beach tropical place with mystical properties and uh, people people brought together uh, ex- like experiencing these mystical properties and trying to escape this tropical uh place mm-hmm. so clearly like the lost fan in me fan in me is like okay this is right up my alley this yeah. is yeah um so yeah and and the concept i thought was uh really intriguing yeah so okay preamble done <laughs> <laughs> broad terms tiny how did you feel about old well i didn't i didn't hate it okay <laughs> um it's like you said very high concept totally piqued my interest with the concept mm-hmm. um but I, I was in the screening i heard someone afterwards when we were walking out say mm-hmm. someone someone say the same thing but then they said it was just executed poorly yes and it was i, I think i think i think this was the wrong format for this story mm-hmm. i think if you're going to tell the story it needs to be on television oh, i think it would have made i think it could have been way better as like a season like a limited series mm-hmm. or a season of television um huh. I, I think it could because uh, pardon the pun but the whole thing felt very rushed oh yeah which time is rapidly so it's kind of a pun there but that's not what i meant it's like it's it's rushed in the sense that uh, the story was just like boom 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 really fast Mm -hmm. and and it was just um you didn't have enough time to sit with anything in my opinion um Mm -hmm. but the word that kept coming to mind was the word clunky Mm-hmm. which I think is a great adjective to apply to a lot of his work right? Um, that I had never thought of before. And, and I think it's, it's, it's in the storytelling, it's in the script. Uh, most notably for me, it's in the dialogue. I feel like his dialogue is so clunky. It's not, yes. it's, it's unnatural. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't feel natural or, or organic. It's mm-hmm. just so, it's just clunky. It's really clunky. Yeah. And, and it does not feel, it just doesn't feel right when you hear it. Um, and, and that, that was just, that like almost took over the movie for me just mm. how how out off-putting and out of place the dialogue was for me so yeah but but again i could not take my eyes off it like mm-hmm. really good camera work which i think he does i think his use of close-ups is really interesting mm-hmm. he had a very mo- uh, a very uh, mobile camera during a lot of it which yeah which was uh, kind of disorienting and added mm-hmm. to the tension um there was a ton of tension and just intensity mm-hmm. that i give him a lot of credit for i mean he yeah he pulled that off really well mm-hmm. and I was I was in the whole I was like I, I really want to know what happens here and I want to know what happens right. next and I'm in and it's I was intrigued the whole time mm-hmm. so I mean there, there's a lot of good things working in its favor I just think I think a lot of people are going to shit all over this movie yeah and they're not wrong right, <laughs> they're, right. they're not wrong yeah. uh, obviously this is opinion but I, I would mm-hmm. never disagree that this was kind of a shitty movie um, <laughs> but it's there were th- there were enough things for me to latch onto and, and enjoy that I really wanted to stay there and watch the rest of it and I was kind of into it really yeah and and I'll agree with a lot of those sentiments I I think I think I came out of it liking it more more than you did just by 
by like a, a nose hair. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> like, and I kind of feel like I might when it when it comes out and like when you know the conversation starts coming out about it and everything. I'm very curious if I'm going to be a some like in the minority in that I will like maybe my voice will be almost championing it, but. Hmm. It does have those those problems. It does have M. Night Shyamalan's signature issues. Um, I think one of his biggest weaknesses is that he considers his storytelling to be his biggest strength, which is kind of... It, it is. Like, he, he is a very good storyteller with an asterisk. Mm-hmm. And he does have some very interesting kind of uh, vision for for the camera work and everything like like you said it's a very mobile camera there is a a a a propensity of shots where it is kind of um um uh wow what is the phrase i'm looking for it is panoramic or yeah yeah panning 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 where the camera is focused on one one part of the beach and then pans left or right Mm -hmm. and then pans back and pans back and and goes left and right and all that yeah um these kind of like semi-long single takes where it does this and that's interesting it's cool it's good um it is showing how it is demonstrating how rapidly the time uh the or the aging is happening to these characters and i thought that was very inventive maybe a little overdone a little over stylized with that but it is still pretty interesting in terms of camera movement and camera work there's also another shot where um the camera goes into kind of a handheld camera thing, kind of following the kids running around. And that I thought was very interesting because yeah. it, yeah, because it gives this home video, home movie kind of quality to it when the whole kind of, obviously the whole idea of the movie, the kind of, um, the, the, the overarching theme of the movie and idea of the movie is aging and mortality and humanity, like human mortality and everything, um, which is very interesting and a very interesting concept and very interesting subtext to explore. I just don't think that he has the, he doesn't have the writing chops to really explore that on, on a level that is more, um, that is beneath the surface level kind of suspense movie thing. Mm, Yeah. And he does suspense really well. Like, like, like you, I was, I was on board. Like I, this is a movie that he, to a fault, he does do, he does go to great lengths to establish the, the, the inner logic of the, of the movie and the story. And then he just further develops it. He further explores it. He further does that because he's he kind of seems like he's just in love with the concept and and the characterization the dialogue fuck uh, falls <laughs> way by the wayside right um so it's a weird kind of i guess balancing act or or it's a weird kind of give and take with his creativity that it's it's kind of lopsided um so there's a lot to like about it but it's also frustrating because it's an m night Shyamalan scripted movie <laughs> yeah um yeah, uh, let's talk about the rating because mm, yeah. it's a PG thirteen movie, and holy crap! Like, I did not expect because by all accounts, Shyamalan's movies seem to be, at least in the past, have been fairly tame in terms of violence and gore and everything. Um, mm-hmm. There's a really great sequence in the village where um, Joaquin. 
Phoenix is stabbed by Adrian Brody. Uh-huh. And it's like, it is such a cool moment because you don't see the knife go in. You don't hear anything. You just see Joaquin Phoenix's reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And like, that is just a very simple, very like intense moment. I mean, granted you see the knife come out of him, mm-hmm. but it is, it is a pretty tame kind of piece of, of violence. And here, holy shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, this is a very graphic movie. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Um, did you get the sense or did you notice how much I was squirming through some of these moments? Yeah. Yeah. I did. I was too. Nice. I really was. Um, how did you feel about the depiction of, of violence and the kind of body horror aspect of it? I mean, it really got me and really worked for me in, in, in a, in a sense of horror, it worked for me. If, if I'm not sure if that's what he was going for, you know, Mm -hmm. this wasn't a out and out horror movie. It was, you know, more uh, intense, uh, uh, thriller kind of, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, the, I got to give him credit because I think it was, man, it really, it just, it kind of bothered me. Like there was a, a moment where I had to like look away because the, the, I don't even know how to explain it, but the uh, <laughs> the trauma happening to the mm-hmm. body of this person was like traumatic for me, and yes. and like I was like, oh, I had to like kind of look away. It really bothered me. Um, and and we'll talk about that in spoilers. But like, yeah. I'm going through my head trying to figure out what part that could be, and right. there are <laughs> there are numerous parts where it could right. be. So I'm very curious. Right? Yeah, definitely. But it was yeah. it was it was inventive, and man, I. I think I think the violence and the gore, if you will, mm-hmm. helped drive home the um, the concept, mm-hmm. and I think it really made the concept even more intense and more scary. Yeah. So I cred I, I think it's a credit to the movie, and mm-hmm. I would I wouldn't change it, but I'm not sure if I can watch this again just because of how. Yeah. There's another part I'll get to in spoilers, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was just intense. Yeah. And and kind of like got to me mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, there, there were some very intense moments and, and something that I actually, aside from like the actual physical violence that happens in this movie, there is a certain level of mental, uh, mental, uh, like mental disturbance, mental suspense. Um, it's something that I've talked about a lot in terms of my relationship with horror is that like this emotional horror kind of thing. And the idea of I, it's not a spoiler to say that certain characters in this movie are of certain ages and given the concept of the movie they drastically increase in age and the the um oh and this could be something to talk about in spoilers as well because this is this is an interesting thing of, of Shyamalan's work but um the the decline the cognitive decline of the characters is shown in a very interesting way and there are some camera movements and and some point of view shots that kind of accentuate that 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 kind of thing is something that got me on a different level of suspense because I mean aging in general is something that you know we as mortal beings on this planet wrestle with by default like everyone ages Mm -hmm. um and so it's it's something that to see it rapidly happening to characters in a movie it's something that you know unless you're a sociopath you uh can kind of relate to or kind of figure out like 
if you have some insecurities about aging, mm-hmm. um, like if you just turned 35 and you're thinking about starting another podcast for Patreon <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> to fill that empty hole in your in your life, um, <laughs> like, you know, some people have that. And um, <laughs> to see like rapid aging and declining mental faculties and cognitive abilities is uh, is a horror is is an element of horror unto itself. Yeah. Um, so I thought that that was an interesting thing that is kind of in conflict or combated by the more kind of thriller violent actions mm-hmm. um, as well. So it, it's kind of like I said, the, this whole movie is kind of uh, kind of a give and take. Yeah. Um, I I yeah. was a little like as we were watching it, I was thinking, is this rated R? Is this PG thirteen? Like, what? Yeah. I, I was genuinely curious. Um, mm. And honestly, like I I'm not a stickler for this or anything, but like I I kind of think it should have been rated R almost. Like, yeah. Just because of how disturbing and intense like mm-hmm. some of that stuff was um but maybe that's just my reaction maybe other people would feel differently but right uh, yeah again i'm not like up in arms about it like it's not a big deal but yeah um if someone brings their like 13 14 year old to see this right they might be pretty disturbed by what they see yeah oh yeah, yeah. well the consolation of that is that by the end of the movie the 13 14 year old will be like 70 um <laughs> right <laughs> uh which i can't wait to see all of the people commenting of like oh like making some puns about like oh this felt like a thousand years or whatever <laughs> i have a feeling this is going to turn into a meme yeah there's me gonna too. be some memes from this movie yep yeah yep. um but yeah so we, before we get into spoilers how did you feel kind of overall terms um broad terms how did you feel about the conclusion of the movie and uh yeah where where does this land on your uh internal m night Shyamalan ranking (laughs) um i think it's kind of towards the bottom of the movies um i think it's better than the happening Mm -hmm. it's better honestly i don't know if it's better than lady in the water because i haven't seen that movie in so damn long oh interesting but i i don't know i'd have to mm. kind of put it on par with that i guess but uh i can't get past the what what's the guy oh freddie rodriguez, Freddy rodriguez yeah, working is. out one arm and I having know. a ripped ripped arm and then ugh, so stupid yeah really dumb really yeah. dumb but anyways um kind of towards the bottom but again there's mm. things I don't know. Like I haven't watched most of his movies in a long time, so it'd be hard to. It's kind of hard to throw it on that list. But you know, he's done. He's done worse. But uh, yeah, it's you know, it's it's definitely worth seeing. Yeah, I I agree. Did you ever see After Earth? I did. Yeah. Okay. It's better than that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Old is better than that. I think so. Okay. I think so. Again, that's another one I'm probably never going to see again. But yeah. Yeah. I tried to watch it once when we were security guards and i was just like i'm this is i'm working a night shift and i'm gonna fall asleep <laughs> um, <laughs> um but yeah and and for me i think like i said it's a give and take if you're familiar with m night Shyamalan's uh strengths and weaknesses as a as a filmmaker and storyteller i mean it has those he hasn't he maybe has reined in a little bit of of his shortcomings but they are still there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what this movie has going for it, uh, going for it most of all, is just the concept. And yeah. the idea behind it is really, really interesting. And as much as Shyamalan tends to get in his way, get in his own way with his writing, I think that the kind of subtext of that, as, as hard as he wants to make it text, um, and as hard <laughs> as he wants to kind of throw out these 
kind of really corny cheese ball lines that maybe like it's a mystery unto itself whether or not some of these lines are intended to be comical or are just him being <laughs> him thinking that he's making some uh dramatic line that just comes across as just really dumb yeah but as much as he gets in his own way with the writing i think that the subtext and the kind of theme and idea of aging and and rapidly deteriorating uh you know uh, like our bodies um in such a short period of time is something that is very interesting to explore Mm -hmm. um i kind of just wish that someone with a little bit more nuance had explored it yeah um yeah so do you want to go into spoilers yes um okay so we're gonna spoil uh old by m night Shyamalan. um in this parking lot special of the Obsessive Viewer podcast. I'm going to play a clip from the trailer here, and then when we come back, we're going to be spoiling old. What's happening to us? My daughter just turned six two weeks ago. Mom? Whatever's happening to us is happening very fast. You have wrinkles. There's something wrong with this beach. What's happening? Mom! Mom! I'm scared! We have to get off this beach! People are blacking out going this way. If she makes it to the ledge, she might have a chance. Why is she stopping? Why is she stopping? Kara, wake up! Wake up! Okay, spoilers on for old. Tiny, what is the movie with... Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando. I don't know. Okay. I was sitting there thinking that. And I was I, I don't know. I don't know. We need to figure, like, this is this is something that we need to figure out the matter at hand. Who knows movies? <laughs> um, which I, I, I liked that bit and everything. I thought that was kind of, th- that was funny at first. And then, then when I kind of uh, figured it out, what was going on, I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Okay. And it's funny because that's, that was the part, part of the movie that was structured well. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. He wasn't hitting us over the head with it, and he wasn't um, he wasn't explaining it through dialogue. Right. He let us figure out what was going on with that character. Yes. Because I think it really. I, w- I was thinking, oh, he's having a he's having something going on with he's, he has a mental condition. Mm-hmm. I was I thought for a while I thought maybe he had like Alzheimer's or something. I thought so too. But I, I think they they never actually said what it was, but he mm-hmm. had some kind of mental condition. Um, yeah, like dementia or I, I really don't know if it yeah. was a memory or related thing or what mm-hmm. but um but yeah that was that was one of the well done parts uh, it, it it maybe people will not like it or think it was goofy or something but i i thought mm-hmm. it was actually kind of well done because it we were allowed to figure it out as the audience he yeah. wasn't he wasn't just sitting he wasn't like you know when she cuts him with the damn rusted knife and she's like it's rust it goes through your body like a poison <laughs> and i'm like Okay, thanks for explaining that, lady. Like, you know, yeah. Uh, okay. Which was cool. Yes. It's cool that that's how she killed him, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's cool. But just the, that line that line just ruined it. Oh, totally. And that, that, is, the, that is his biggest downfall as he does a that. He does that all the time. Over-explain. It's something that, like, I, like, I've toyed with this idea of, like, tweeting about Nolan, Christopher Nolan, and saying that, like, uh, remember how in the opening of The Dark Knight when the uh, imposter... Uh, copycat Batman with their hockey pads uh, show up and then you get that very clumsy insert shot of Scarecrow saying that's not him and then Mm -hmm. from there every other Christopher Nolan movie is just exposition and explaining to the audience (laughs) like that is what M. Night Shyamalan does 
from like the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Like every like he has to over explain things mm. and every little line of dialogue has to has to connect in some way down the line in the movie. Yeah. And that becomes so cumbersome. It's not, and it's not organic. It doesn't no. it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel right. It it really doesn't. By the way, yeah. The Missouri Breaks is a 1976 American Western film starring Marlon Brando and Jack Nicholson. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, and, and like, that, that whole idea, I, I do want to talk about the rust thing. Like, again, that could have been, like, I, by, by all accounts, I thought that that was maybe one of the most clever parts of the whole movie. Totally. Um, very clever, very interesting. And it's like, he's just, it's like, he's just there. Like he's just, right. he's just there. Cause they set it up well with that, with that line earlier, I probably would have given it some shit because, oh, every single line has to call back in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in the visit when, oh, he, like the kid played football and he would freeze when he would have to run. And then at the kind of apex of the drama, he freezes, Mm. um fucking shit diaper in the face (laughs) but um but with here it's like he could have had like he could have not had that line in there like he she did not have to explain that and it would have been more clever more interesting right um but by all accounts i do think that was a very clever part of the movie yeah um what was the scene where what that you were referring to in non-spoilers it was the the chick with the calcium deficiency when she was oh yes when she was in the cave and she just the went part nuts. where the guy laughed where the yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, I think it was a was lady. it a lady I think oh, it was a okay. lady who laughed because yeah. um, it was like I had to look away because that mm. just like freaks me out the body oh, totally. the body dysmorphia or whatever yeah it just freaks me out and I I can't stand it but yeah. um it was it was too much yeah that, and, and not, not from like a ooh I'm grossed out but it, like it just. It was comical. Oh, okay. I ended, see. Up, ended up being comical for a lot of people. I mean, yeah. And and I I was back and forth. like I laughed along with that person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I I thought that it was interesting. Um, I, I thought it was interesting. But again, like the whole like the the whole uh, oh they're uh, it's healing but it's healing wrong and everything. Like we did not need right. her to say that. I, we did not. <laughs> yeah. We did not. Um. One of the parts that got me was the tumor extraction. Yes. Just. But oh. that was well done. I liked oh, that. Yeah. That was cool. And like, mm-hmm. um, there was some cool visual work in there. Mm-hmm. The camera work was really cool. Like, it was yeah. almost like there was a part where w- w- the camera was like the wound and it was looking up at everybody. Yeah. And then like it slowly kept panning out. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. And I, I liked that a lot. That was, yeah. that was well filmed mm-hmm. and I didn't have an issue with that scene. I thought it was actually like really well done. Me too. Very intense and cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of, um, <laughs> again, <laughs> it's like, Oh, now it's the size of a cantaloupe. And then yeah. you see the size of a cantaloupe. Right. We didn't need that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, just the the fact that they had to they tried to cut once and then it healed instantly, mm-hmm. and then they had to keep their hands in the just I know that oh that fucked with. And me. there was a line there that I didn't mind that mm. was kind of expository, but he was just mm. like the wounds trying to trying to heal around my fingers because like oh yeah I don't want to see that I, I like yeah that that would have been too much from like a the, disgusting point. Same here. Um, but that dialogue, that ex- explanation of it, that worked. That, that worked. worked for me. That was a yeah. good expository line. That made yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was really, that was, that was, that was, that was intense. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Um, so the other, another scene that like, 
man just like killed me was the mm. whole pregnancy and birth yes like when she walked out pregnant i was like oh shit yeah. <laughs> and i was thinking i was like they're about to have sex mm-hmm. she's gonna get pregnant like i i had yeah. that thought but then just the way they showed it i was like that's that's good i, yeah. I, I like it was shocking and well mm-hmm. done i liked that um and then like you could see her belly growing at certain i was like mm-hmm. oh my god that's nuts yeah and then as she was giving birth, I was like, okay, so we're going to have to watch this baby. Like, by the time the movie's over, the baby's going to be, like, 35 years old or something. Right. Um, but then, th- like, when the baby died, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think of that. Like, someone was like, mm-hmm. oh, it died because it didn't get enough attention, mm-hmm. which was a shitty line. That, that was... Like was that supposed to be comedy? I like no. I think it's it would like you know babies need connection and they need to bond with the mother oh. and they need you know the baby has to feed mm-hmm. breastfeed you know like once an hour when they're that young you know and you know she there, obviously there's no way she could do that and okay. so the baby died in a minute you know um, hmm. I I thought that was actually kind of interesting but man yeah. it wrecked me like emotionally I was oh, like, holy yeah. shit that's just yeah that was hard like and then later when the dust the dust that fell was, out that, that was, was that was rough that, that was, was very it rough. was rough yeah so i, I appreciated yeah. that one or two lines i was like really do we mm-hmm. need to do that but the, the whole and again i don't i don't know i don't know that m night Shyamalan is funny <laughs> I, <laughs> some of the lines i yeah. like like when the dude was like i don't know man i don't watch the summer olympics like that that was good that, that was, was funny that and was he, good. he has a handful of, like yeah. and when the 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 <laughs> mid-sized sedan um <laughs> whispered to the uh the i don't mm-hmm. remember her then patricia i think was her name uh, uh, the, sure. the other black lady and was like oh, yeah now they're wishing that first time they've ever wished they were black that was i liked that, that those I are funny that lines those are good yeah but also the fact that he named a rapper mid-sized sedan that was i don't understand so what dumb. he was thinking there like yeah, he wasn't. I, <laughs> I think it's a man in his fifties. I mm-hmm. assume he's in. He's probably in his fifties. Probably. Right I don't uh, know. A man in his fifties trying to make fun of goofy rapper names. I guess. But like that's it. Just wasn't funny. It didn't land. I, like I have long thought that Shyamalan doesn't. He he does. He does not have an eye for pop culture. Like yeah. he does not have. He does not have an eye for that. Like his children characters and almost all of his movies save for the sixth sense of course are just i mean just not good <laughs> yeah right um but yeah it it's that and then like there there's some mis there's very slight misplaced um comedy like when they when they're at the height of that pregnancy thing when it's revealed the pregnancy Oh, yeah. uh, he is exactly 50 years old. Oh, okay. Uh, actually, here in a couple of weeks, he's going to turn 51. Okay. Um, but the um, it, it's it's like it's like that sequence was was working against some comedy things that were slept in. Like, and <laughs> also, I don't want to nitpick, but it also seems kind of I don't know a little incongruous because, like I said, I really like the concept of this. I really like the yeah. internal logic that's set up. Because I like the idea that they like that their cells are aging. It's yeah. So it's it's like they their cognitive functions. Their like there's a line where Kara or whatever the character's name was. Yeah. Um. She talks about how she is. She's thinking more. She's she's having all of these thoughts and everything. Right. Because she's growing from like a six year old to like an eighteen year old or whatever. Right. Um. 
that's all interesting. But then when when they come out of the little tent or whatever, and she's like she's pregnant, you see the goofy like Alex Wolf's goofy wave, like he's a child like yeah. wave. I'm like okay but he's supposed to be like 16 that's not right i don't know and maybe i'm speaking as someone who's just super cool when i was 16 <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know but then he has the line where like it's kind of in the background like in where like the tension is mounting yeah and then like he's talking to his dad in the movie and he's just like i thought don't you have to do it like 10 times <laughs> before like yeah. everything is like no it can happen just once i'm not sure if that was comedy oh really i didn't think it was funny really no i by all accounts i did not find it that funny <laughs> i don't think it was intentional to be I, funny and i don't i don't know what other intention there would be with that <laughs> i don't know i think it was just straightforward like a six-year-old really? doesn't know like he probably because in the age of the internet has probably heard of sex right but he doesn't know you know that you have to do it a bunch of time he thinks you have to do it a bunch of times to get pregnant like that's just that's mm-hmm. the naivety of a six-year-old oh, okay yeah i think it was supposed to be straight but maybe some people you and some other people yeah. maybe interpret. <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not making fun of you or anything i'm no, just no, saying no. like i can understand how it could be interpreted to be yeah maybe comedy yeah i i will say i was a super cool six-year-old though <laughs> so <laughs> nice. you were so just maybe that's a factor nailing chicks like I, right I totally in was. kindergarten yeah. <laughs> um there was this, a line though during the like the birthing scene where mm-hmm. that w- i thought was like like oddly fun or like um surprisingly funny where he's like no i'm gonna marry her that was that was good (laughs) that was so fucking funny that was good and also like that that is something that i felt like was kind of missing or or way too underplayed and that's again uh, Shyamalan competing with his own i I guess at this point i think he's been humbled by his career (laughs) but i think he still has a little bit of hubris about being a like expert storyteller yeah because that is something that i feel like was Something that could have been explored a little bit more. I'm glad that it was in there because he says, he says like, oh, I'm going to marry her and we're never going to argue. We're never going to fight yeah. and everything. And I thought like that's that's pretty funny and everything. But the deeper like subtext of that is that we had the scene where he and his sister are listening to them fight again, fight on the other side of the right, wall. Right, right. So like that's a six-year-old mentality of seeing his parents fight. Yep. And like, like it's it's misplaced as terms of his future. And right. Yeah. But it's it's really it was really kind of sincere and everything. Mm-hmm. Now the whole idea of them fighting on vacation like that was felt clunky to use your term. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it felt like again, Shyamalan having this uh, propensity to or this this the, his propensity to. Uh, overload his scripts with setup and payoff and everything and and have that creating an inorganic kind of feel Um, because we get we get just the bare bones exposition of like oh she's sick they're thinking about separating and they're arguing they're arguing very loudly with their kids in the next room yeah and then like we don't get much more of that dynamic until they're on the beach and and we get that more information from there but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I felt like that could have been explored a lot better, but I think he kind of forsakes mystery or he forsakes backstory and subtext for in favor of mystery building and suspense, which he's good at, but it just, it felt a little, uh, disjointed. Right. Definitely. I agree. Um, the, so the cast. Yes. Kind of quickly. I thought, I think he always 
gets a pretty good cast for even like the not good movies. Yeah, he he does a pretty good job casting, and I think the performances are usually good. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this movie was was no exception in that regard. I love right. Gael Garcia Bernal. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great actor. He was awesome in this. I hadn't seen him in anything in a long time. Yeah, I mean, um, Rufus Sewell was great. I, mm-hmm. I again big fan of his. Um, and the um, I can't remember her name. She's the, she was the teenage version of the daughter who was in Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, Thomas and McKenzie. Thomas and McKenzie. Yeah. yeah, she's she's really good. She was great, and I just want to give a shout out to Leave No Trace because she was in that. Right, that's, that's really right. Good. That's the other movie we saw. Yeah, with with her in it. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I, yeah, I thought those three were kind of the standouts, and I love mm-hmm. Ken Leung as well. He's yeah, he's always fun to to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there. I mean, everybody did a pretty good job, in my opinion. Yeah. And, um. How'd you feel about about friend of the show Alex Wolf? <laughs> I interviewed him for like two minutes at a Heartland um, red nice. carpet. <laughs> uh, he did a good job, you know. I okay. I think uh, especially with like some of those comedic lines and yeah. and just the um, the some of the intensity he had to go through, where he's sort of like uh, literally a child in a man's body, yeah. where he's like kind of freaking out and he's kind of getting stronger than his dad and stuff like that. I think mm. that was. That there was some subtle physical acting there, yeah. That I, th- that I kind of picked up on that I think was a intentional choice on his part that that nice. came across pretty well that I liked. So yeah, yeah, he he did a good job too for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and I really liked the parents like uh, uh, Gael Garcia Bernal mm-hmm. and uh, Vicky Creeps. Okay, as they got older, um, like I me- like I in- implied in the non spoiler review, there was like like the 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 vision deteriorating. Like mm-hmm. that point of view thing, the hearing loss. I thought that that was really interesting. Yeah. Um. And everything. Um. I, oh, so let let's talk about the the kind of cognitive decline of Rufus Sewell. Sewell. Yeah. Um. Do you think that I'm I'm gonna put on my my uh uh um bleeding heart liberal um uh cancel culture social <laughs> justice warrior hat for a second. Do you think that that is borderline insensitive to make a character I to make a character that is clearly having some mental breakdown in terms of a mental illness mm-hmm. that is rapidly spreading throughout his mind have him be a villain and like literally like go on, go insane and murder people. Do you find that problematic? I don't. Okay. I didn't. I. I was not thinking of that. Mm-hmm. And and after you said it, that's not. I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Because I think that, you know, honestly, I think uh, this could be a positive message where you know mm-hmm. if you don't, um, if you don't treat your mental disorders or your your mm-hmm. your uh, mental issues, they can result in something as traumatic as this. Um, and I, I, no, I guess I don't, I don't see an issue with that. I, okay. someone might maybe, but I, well, I'm thinking of it cause, cause he got a lot of flack for the visit because that whole movie is like, I never saw that by the way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's, I, it's a shitty diaper in the face of a movie. Okay. But in that movie is about kids visiting their grandparents who like the grandmother is uh sundowning a lot and having like 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 having you know mental problems mm-hmm. like with dementia and everything i don't think they actually name it 
but like having mental disorders and everything and it's used for um you know horror and suspense (laughs) granted it goes different directions because it's an m9 Shyamalan movie but then also split um (laughs) disassociative uh personality disorder or whatever Mm -hmm. like that is something that he also caught flack with and now he has a character who granted rapidly gets some kind of mental disorder be it dementia be it alzheimer's be it whatever um and then turns into the villain of the movie the like that an actual murderer in in the movie Mm -hmm. um so it's it's weird that he kind of keeps going back to that that kind of well well i think that kind of sue well (laughs) i think i think that That was the app that was the appropriate level of laughter (laughs) i think the that gets written like your concern with that or your thought Mm -hmm. i i think that can be written off with the fact that the um perska character i think i'm saying her name right the Mm-hmm. the mother um in in or that character as he's dying she says i'm sorry you were on this beach but i have to protect my family because i think she's sort of saying that oh, okay you're but through that line she didn't want to kill him mm-hmm. and i think she's saying that i know you can't help what you're doing right now interesting so i think she, with that line she kind of gave him a bit of a pass in that regard um that yeah, yeah. I, I think there's more of an issue with the fact that the one clearly racist character was the one who was mm. mentally handicapped like not, oh yeah well j- he had a mental disorder right and so right. it's like well only mentally people with mental disorders can be racist or something like that I think right somebody might try to find that thread it's, it's 2021 anyone can be racist right right <laughs> um but yeah i think i i don't think his i don't think his racism was portrayed as a result of his mental illness though I think he I just agree. he just was racist and also had a mental illness. I, um, I agree. And to the movie's credit, it does do a pretty good job of building that tension, building that like building building it up to where like when he murders midsize sedan, I mean <laughs> it's I can't I can't not Yeah. It's so fucking goofy. But when he murders him, it's like like that in its own weird way makes sense. Like right. he is a very um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Paranoid person, racist person. Right. And like that level of, of cognitive disassociation or whatever mm-hmm. is, uh, I would see, I could see it manifesting itself that way. Yeah. Um, and that kind of tension, but I, I don't know. It's just kind of weird that he, he keeps going back to that. Like in his, yeah, movies. that's, it's, a, good, it's that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, what did you think? We can kind of start wrapping up if you yeah. want. Uh, what did you think of kind of the overall, well, the ending, really? Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Shyamalan gets in his own way in terms of laying the foundation for things and then having to make everything, every single thing connect. Yeah. And the one thing I don't think really connected was... Um, the idea that in the previous, like la- like the year before, one person swam through the coral, mm-hmm. the coral. Um, <laughs> but that I don't think there was. I I was expecting it to be like a. <laughs> I was expecting it to be some fucking stupid ass twist. Like I I really like Split. I really like what he did with the ending of Split. But like I I've got to admit when they mentioned that like oh someone escaped last year I was thinking like. Okay, what fucking character from a Nem Night Shyamalan <laughs> movie is going to be the one that is going to come back and like, oh, this is actually a sequel to fucking Lady in the Water. Yeah. Because she was a swimmer. <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. 
Oh my gosh, she was a water nymph or whatever. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I didn't <laughs> yeah. think of that. I, I kept I wanted to make that joke like before seeing the movie. Like I wanted like I kinda wanted it to be a Patreon thing at one point, mm-hmm. be like, uh like what 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 sequel what secret sequel did is this gonna be? <laughs> right. Um I yeah. mean I I think I I didn't have a big problem with the ending and how mm. it's revealed that I mean it's it was obvious that this was an experiment right yeah. they were intentionally put here and they're being observed so mm. obviously this is some kind of exper- experiment right and I was thinking something with drugs because uh, Gael Garcia Bernal's character has that pamphlet from the pharmaceutical company yeah when they're still at the hotel I was yeah. like okay so this is some kind of drug thing yeah and and like that was something that I kind of didn't like about kind of the setup is that it took. And granted, I mean, this is maybe not the most, uh, the most, um, I don't know, the mo- the most analytical, critical analysis of it. But, I mean, it took them so long to pick up on what was happening. Yeah, right. And, like, I get that. But then there's also, like, there's a line uh, somewhere where, like, where two people... Two people in, in, like, when they're on the beach reference separate medical issues that they have. Mid-sized sedan talks about he, how he's, he just discovered that he's a lemon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a lemon. Nice. Um, I get it. <laughs> that he, he just figured out, like, he's, he just got a diagnosis that he might be totaled. <laughs> um, and, um, and so, and, and like, and, characters know that they have, they have different ailments. They, that the, that Prisca has a tumor, um, uh, Ken Lung's, Leung's, um, wife has, uh, has epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't put it together. <laughs> right. And that was kind of frustrating. And well, yeah. see, they did. So, so did at, one, at one point someone said, Hey, we're all sick. Or like some of a bunch of us are sick. Like they, it did come up, but I okay. think, I think the reason I'm willing to give that a pass is the fact mm-hmm. that there's so much trauma going on yeah. and it's just one thing after another. They didn't have time to really sit down and analyze it that well. Plus they were, they were focused on getting out of there as well. That's the other thing. That's true. And plus, so I I didn't have a big issue with that, but you're not, again, you're not wrong. Right. And, and I'll Um, walk back that criticism a little bit because also if they had reached that conclusion and had problem solved that, there's no fuck like what the fuck were they going to do with that information? (laughs) Yeah. Like it, it would have had no bearing on their escape or attempts to escape. Right. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, the whole yeah. pharmaceutical conspiracy thing mm-hmm. I thought was was fine. Again, mm-hmm. the reveal of it was fucking clunky and yeah. just like just straightforward, just and, shit, shitty, shitty dialogue. Yeah, and, you know. Um, and also, like, I don't. Is there anything that he's saying with that? Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't want to get like over analytical about it but i'm like thinking like okay well what's the point like Mm -hmm. with i'm not going to give away what happens at the end of glass i didn't like what happened at the end of glass but there was at least like explanation for like kind of like this uh, this idea presented in it it's also kind of fucking similar yeah Um, (laughs) but like it like it at least tracked in terms of the character motivations Mm -hmm. here are not character motivations but kind of the bigger story being told in in glass here it's just like okay these like they are developing these these medicines and using these unwitting um human beings as test subjects so that they can ad- have advanced you know clinical trials and stuff to check these things which again he is he's really good at building suspense shitty as fuck 
put like setting pieces up right because like it's like okay well here's here's a special drink that you have the minute that you walk in mm-hmm. and oh kids go go drink from the from from that and everything it's oh, like yeah just i mean i it, it didn't need to be that like just clear yeah um yeah yeah it's i mean i i don't have a big issue with it i think it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting that it's a pharmaceutical yeah. company who's conducting these experiments and they stumble upon this absolute freak of nature beach yeah. island and they chose to use it this way mm-hmm. um that's kind of scary and crazy and disturbing yeah. and stuff like that and like uh, conceptually it's kind of cool yeah. and i think if it had been slowly revealed over um you know several episodes of a tv show it mm-hmm. could have been put together a lot better and more satisfactorily but yeah um again <laughs> it's just clunky as shit yeah if he had a team of writers to reel him in a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah totally which i don't know how much he has in terms of like input on writing or anything with with servant but i'm curious to watch servant yeah uh, for that reason that'd be that'd be an interesting experiment if you will yeah. yeah um and i'll probably watch it pretty quickly and everything so it'll be like a its own little beach clinical trial <laughs> um but but yeah and and again not gonna spoil glass but it's the same fucking thing kind of yeah <laughs> like yeah i'm i'm gonna have to wrestle with that a little bit <laughs> right um but also just again setting up and and calling back things like i i was kind of and maybe this is probably a credit to storytelling as i've been kind of lightly shitting on it here and there but the i i didn't know when this movie was gonna end and I feel like that's a compliment in and of itself because I kept thinking like, oh, they're going to fade to black. Like, this is going to be the end. Yeah. There's literally no way that they can escape here. <laughs> and it's just like, and, and like them building the sandcastle, I'm like, oh shit, this is, this is pretty, you know, this is a downer ending, but it's like, God damn, okay. Like, if they leave it like this, this could be interesting. Mm-hmm. But then, oh, we have the sudden like, oh, okay, the kid you know, did a coded message and right. then they, they swim through and then uh, M. Night Shyamalan's character is really shitty at his job. <laughs> um, you can't wait like five minutes. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. And then, and then the biggest thing that kind of was like just a little deus ex machina was like, um, oh, okay. Uh, you know, yesterday we talked to everyone and asked what their occupation was. That's just seeding the idea that this guy is a cop. <laughs> it's like, Okay, okay, so we're going to hand him the notebook, and he's going to call in, and he's going to run the run the names and everything, and take pictures, blow the whole thing open, and I'm just like, yeah. I, I don't know, it's just... And it all just happens so fast. So fast. Everything, I mean, and not just the denouement or whatever, right. but, like, it all, the whole thing. Uh, the first act, and, like, even when they're, like, at early stages of the beach... Mm-hmm. I was I was really happy with the pacing and I think it was going great. But yeah. then from it just takes off so fast. Yeah, and I understand you're dealing with literally a space where mm-hmm. time is passing incredibly quickly, right? Or whatever. But and like I, I get I get still. that, but I feel like there's a way to tell this story that's not so rushed. And, yeah, yeah. When it was just the family remaining and the parents die off and the kids are left, mm-hmm. I thought like that that could have been a pretty profound kind of kind of ending yeah if we just had that and like right. this is the this is a kind of uh a family that's on the brink of fracturing being healed mm-hmm. um by this beach and by this experience the shared trauma and then just living out the rest of their days 
the rest of their half day <laughs> uh, dying out. Like that would have been kind of profound, but he had to go the extra mile and over explain things and make sure that everything was uh, completely tied up. And that's yeah. just something I just, I've, n- I, I don't think I've, I rarely think is necessary in an M night Shyamalan movie, but he does it every goddamn time. He does. Yeah. Yes, he does. Yep. So, okay. We can kind of wrap up here. Yeah. Um, so, overall rating out of five stars. I'd give it, I'd give it like two and a half. Interesting. Right in the middle, I think. Because mm-hmm. I, I, maybe if I digest it later, I might take another half star here or there or mm-hmm. add a half star here or there. Um, but I, again, I, I was really intrigued by it. Yeah. Conceptually, from the beginning and then throughout, I again, I did not want to take my eyes off it. Mm-hmm. If I'd been watching this at home, and my phone would have rang or yeah. the doorbell would have rang. I'm like, God damn it, because I wouldn't want right. to stop watching it. Like I was really into involved and into it. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, I'd say more than just a handful of good things about the movie. Yeah, that I enjoyed the shit out of and liked. Nice. Um, but it's got so many glaring problems. Mm-hmm. It's it can be hard to resolve, yeah. and it it just it does affect it as a movie overall. Did we adequately talk about how fucking ridiculous it is that he named the rapper Midsize Sedan? I don't think we did, but it's fucking ridiculous. It's so dumb. I, I laughed out loud and yeah. I giggled every time they said his name. Uh-huh. And it's so dumb. Yeah. Like, I don't know if M. Night Shyamalan has ever listened to rap music. Right. Um, like I told you before, not knowing that you hadn't seen this movie, but he cast a kid in The Visit and wrote him as a rapper. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of cruel because the kid had a lisp. <laughs> um, but like, I, I, I kind of feel like my, my kind of, um, I'm taking off the uh, white liberal social justice warrior um, uh, hat, bleeding heart liberal hat, and I'm putting on my tinfoil hat and saying that I kind of feel like he thinks, he thinks that rap is the, the, the way he can connect with Gen Z. Oh. And like, he doesn't, he doesn't, he, since he, in his head, maybe not these days, he thinks he's just completely brilliant. He doesn't need to do the research and everything. So he just does what he thinks it is Mm -hmm. to infuse it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just reaching. I don't know. Yeah. But my overall rating, I think the concept of this movie is its best, attribute and because of that i can look past a lot of the of the silliness and uh just things that didn't work for me and i would give it uh three stars okay yeah um so we're pretty close there yeah yeah so um yeah so uh having said that is that is that our review of old i think it is all right great well uh thank you guys so much for listening that is our review of old hitting theaters on july 23rd and uh once again check out patreon i have a mythic quest recording coming up tomorrow if i post this on friday um yeah, so check all, all that. Oh, God, Friday. Oh, I might post this Monday. I don't know. Who cares? Um, <laughs> all right, well, uh, that'll do it for this episode of the podcast, of the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Um, yeah, so uh, once again, Patreon and all that. I'm in a loop. Um, <laughs> uh, Patreon and all that. Check that out. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Tiny, any parting thoughts? Uh, no. All right, great. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy! 
there's so much creativity and outsourcing of of work that's done for the game that he but he is this kind of classic narcissistic center of attention character who has who the other characters have to kind of combat with and uh work against and for in his in service of his vision and everything that's kind of the big wide open kind of perspective that the show presents but it's not similar to like in like like the office or anything where you know the the boss is like uh an an oafish idiot or anything rob McElhenney's character is out and out a a narcissistic personality person and one of the most interesting and authentic uh presentations of the show one of the uh, depictions in the show is the struggle of working with someone with that massive of an ego and uh, those kind of personality quirks and disabilities. The Obsessive Viewer podcast is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to ObsessiveViewer.com slash OVArchive. You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and follow us on Twitter at obsessive viewer and at obsessive tiny and follow our recurring co-hosts at I am Mike white. That's me at R a Fekis and at burger underscore lurker. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate, or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at tpublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at TheSecularPerspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty! Okay. Cute. And this is a mid-sized SUV. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's <actually> compact. <laughs> no, compact, whatever.
Um, and the little cars go in the compact spots. Spot, spot. Um, uh, a good old parking lot special with Tiny. With this old fella. Okay, so uh, hello and welcome to the obsessive. Oh, oh, the, what I was gonna say. Sorry. Um, I was going to say that I came up with a title for the possible um, sci-fi Patreon exclusive. Okay. Uh, thing. I'm just gonna say the title. It's not gonna make any fucking sense without context. Okay. But the title is on the blink. A okay. sci-fi Patreon podcast. Okay. I will explain that at a later date. Okay. Um. But, yeah, but I I mentioned it to Mike, and I gave him the context and everything, and he was like, oh, I love that. That's he, I think he said, that's a delicious memory. <laughs> um, and uh, and then he, like, uh, he gave me the okay to make a couple of uh, As Good As It Gets songs be the intro and outro. Oh, sweet. Yes. Okay. Hello, and welcome to a parking lot special episode of The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show each episode.